When you're behind the wheel of a Toyota Tacoma TRD Pro, mighty moments are always right around the corner. One minute you're cruising around town when you find out they're rehabbing the old community center. So you show up in your tough-as-nails quarter-ton truck. Loaded up with lumber, the neighborhood crew, and enough elbow grease to make your old stomping ground shine like new. 14th Street on three. One, two, three. 14th Street! Make the most of each moment with a handsomely rugged Toyota truck like the Tacoma TRD Pro. Toyota, let's go places. Hello Suns fans and welcome back. It is, well, it's the end of the season, so I'm not really sure where we're going to go from here. My name is Shane, I'm your host of the GC Suns cast, the only Gold Coast Suns fan show by fans, for fans. Um, now, I'd like to introduce my co-host Tom. Welcome to the show, Tom. Yeah, g'day Shane. It's a bit of a disappointing circumstance to be be meeting up but uh do you have to say um lots to talk about and uh and discuss so uh yeah we've got another 44 minutes to do that <laughs> yeah the last i'd say seven or five days has been a bit of a roller coaster from not just in the football sense but also in our personal lives a lot of stuff's been going on unfortunately tom you're you're struggling with a bit of work at the moment so you're exploring your options at the moment yeah, I'm, I do have some work got cancelled for this week, so that's the you know that, that's never good. Um, I do have some work to be going on with. I, I think the uh, the government will take care of a few people in my situation, but the people I feel sorry for are, are people who've got to get up every day, going out and doing things like stacking bloody shelves at, at Woolies. I'd love to have that job and get that pay each week, but at the same time. You know, having a kid and family, I, I don't. Uh, you know, you'd have to self-isolate. You wouldn't be able to be able to see anybody. So yeah, this this is no good for anyone. There there are people who are really going to struggle. You know, could go on for hours. You know, homeless people. What the what the f are they going to do? Yeah, yeah. You know, well, it's no it's... good. And I know I know you yourself. You you know you you've had a bit of a downturn as well in work. Yeah, well, I'm fortunate enough to be uh, self-employed with my own franchise in the transport industry but uh it's being self-employed you know you got to take the highs and the lows and uh if you don't do any work you don't eat so Mm. unfortunately work's starting to dry up but i'll still be one of the lucky people that will be working even when this eventual lockdown comes because i mean it's it's definitely going to come the government's meeting tonight to discuss it and we'll no more as early as nine o'clock tonight on what's going to happen. But mm. this is not a politi- politics show yet. <laughs> Maybe if our fans want us to come back and talk about all other sorts of life, let us know in the chat, in the comments. Um, live at the moment on Spreaker or over on Facebook or YouTube, let us know if you guys want to hear our thoughts on other things because I'm struggling to find out when we're going to be back to, to discuss footy. Uh, mm. It doesn't look like we're going to have football until maybe what May June. June. Yeah. They'll they'll they'll, they'll tell us in in uh, in April if it's going to be extended past the end of May. So I, I, as a little on the lighter side, the uh, AFL Evolution Two comes out in late April. So maybe Gil McLaughlin's just waiting to see how sales of that are going. 
uh, keep the fans going, wait, make us all wait till July, <laughs> save a bit of money. Uh, who knows? But yeah, it's it's uh, it's looking like being nine ten weeks minimum, and then we've got sixteen games to go, and those sixteen games could be really really packed right in. Um, and I guess we can talk about what happens when it, you know when a competition looks like that. Is that better or worse for us? Yeah, you surprised me there, Tom. Your video game knowledge on AFL Evolution Two. Uh, it's a shame because you don't have a PlayStation, so I don't think you'll be able to afford one anytime soon either. <laughs> My brother-in-law's got about six of them sitting in the garage, but I also have an eight-year-old. So if I hooked up the PlayStation, I'd never get any work done. So <laughs> the, the the temptations there, though, if there's no work, <laughs> you bring on the AFL Evolution. I'll probably be stuck on, on on the first version though until I get good at it. Well, you might see uh, fans might. Uh, if they keep up with the Facebook, they'll probably catch me uh, streaming a bit more regularly. Uh, I haven't done it for a few weeks. I wasn't getting too much hits, but I'm not going to have much else to do, especially if we end up going into some sort of a lockdown. Um, yeah, bring bring it on. I think maybe our uh, marketing for that was uh, maybe a little uh, abrupt. You know, it sort of happened, and then it and then it didn't happen, and then it happened, and then and then you 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 know you had other things to think about. But I reckon. Um, with the right kind of Twitter profile and, and marketing, we can we can find you find you a few buddies because there's certainly plenty of gamers out there who are pretty bummed about the footy season. Well, Final Fantasy VII the remake is just around the corner, so video gamers know what I'm talking about, and that is going to be the game of the year. But All we right. are here to discuss footy, so let's get stuck into it. Before we do, we'd like to thank our Patreon donors, our old soul Patreon donors, Jack's dad. Dale Snelling, Brody Burgess, Kate Kelland, Chris Moore, Paul Vosti, Robbie Fiorini, Tom Kim, and Tim. Thanks for your support, guys, and supporting us through these tough times. Um, we're still waiting to hear back what the club's going to do regarding memberships with the season suspended. There's got, I'm, I'm just waiting for that email to come through where they say, all right, we're just going to suspend memberships and not take any more money. I'm actually a bit surprised we haven't had that come through yet yeah well we, we've sort of talked about this off off air but uh what, what's just come to me is um in the past the club has sort of said that it's the afl that directs them in, in how to price point their their memberships and, and and package them and whatnot so it's probably the afl who have to give that directive and so yeah i don't know if we can really ask the club to give us any more info on that um and if it is the club yeah, I don't know how high on their list of priorities it is right now, but yeah, I think a lot of fans would really would really like to know. So yeah, it's something to really pay attention. We'll certainly be following that pretty closely, and through Facebook and Twitter, we can certainly let people know what we know when we know it. Yeah, but I'd ex- I'd expect it an email would come out for everyone, wouldn't it? Yeah, you'd think so. Well, we did get a bit of footy this weekend just gone. Unfortunately, it wasn't a great day. I. Started the day, like most Suns fans, full of hope, full of excitement, full of energy to have football back. And every single quarter, starting with the women's game at around 3.30, it, um, I got less and less excited about it. And those following us on Facebook would have seen me posting out little updates and little thoughts and opinions at the end of every quarter, starting with the women's game. Uh, but... Honestly, by the time 
by the time the first quarter for the Suns men's game was finished, I was fuming and that was probably not family-friendly content for me to be posting. So I decided to stop the posting there and it didn't get much better. So let's mm. start with the women's game. The Suns women's played Fremantle, who won 12 goals, 8-80, and defeated the Suns 1 goal, 4-10, so 70-point shellacking. But mm. it was the Suns women's first final. It was a Gold Coast Suns first final, so there's a small win there, even if it was by default. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the, the final... The, the final result didn't reflect the game, but it's it's as Suns fans we've seen it all before, haven't we? You know when when a team gets humbled, you know they they, they you can't blame them for falling off tackles and, and and a team who's on a roll with all that momentum they're, they're going to score goals. Fremantle was maybe a maybe a sixty to forty better team. I know that seems like a, giving us a lot there, but. Um, they yeah they weren't they weren't so much better than us. It was uh, dare I say it the umpiring was was just really partisan. It was really even though there was no crowd there, it was just yeah they just kept the, the girls just kept getting the rub of the green. They they weren't getting calls that they should have been getting. The Fremantle team were getting away with things that they shouldn't have been getting away with. They were really damaging free kicks like a fifty meter penalty for a goal and and a, a couple of defensive free kicks that end up in goals in that first half. And you know once that happens, the, the three goals in an AFLW game is like six goals in a, in a men's game. So the, the the Suns girls did really well just to sort of maintain their belief in that first half. But it's a bit hard to believe in yourself when you keep on getting, you know, getting goals kicked against you when you, you're trying your best. And they, they, they just ran out of steam, didn't they? Um, four four plane trips, or eight, or seven plane trips. That was their seventh plane trip in, in three and a half weeks. They were on a six-day break. There's all, all sorts of things. The coach kind of said, oh, you know, we don't care about the travel and we don't care about the short break or playing away. Yes, of course he did, but he had to say that. So, yeah, it was all just frustrating for me. Um I I, uh, I really felt for them. Super proud of them, Shane. And um, yeah, just without going into minute details about the game, uh, they did better than eighty to ten, which a lot of people wouldn't have watched it, and then they would have gone, "Gee, the Gold Coast are crap, aren't they?" And, and it's not true. Yeah, everything you've said, I've pretty much agreed with you. The umpiring was pretty terrible. Um, Fremantle, I mean, nothing to take take. The Suns were really good with their contested style of footing. It was a hard bruising game as well. We saw it again. I spoke last week about some of the Suns girls getting knocked up quite badly. It was Mm. happening again in this game. Mm. and Very, very physical Fremantle. And it was definitely the toll of four weeks of consistent travel. Going Mm. back to Perth twice in the space of a week probably doesn't help as well. Um, Mm. So it was definitely... A strong performance, I thought, from the girls considering what they'd been through. And they were mm. still able to bring that intensity and that tackle pressure. But what let them down, essentially, was Fremantle's midfield was too strong. They were too slick. And they were able to use the ball better. Um, their forwards just finished. They capitalised. And the Suns just weren't able to get the ball forward to allow stars like uh, Kalinda Howarth to capitalise and score goals. 
Yeah, I should we should mention at this point, Paige Parker kicked her first goal in AFLW, and things were looking good when she when she kicked that goal. Um, it looked like we we were going to be kicking goals as easily as Fremantle, uh, but that was the end of it, unfortunately. But um, yeah, you know we do have a few passages to goal. This time next year, we'll be looking at four or five players who who can get in the goals regularly. So. It's encouraging to see that the the you know each week there seem to be a new player getting their first goal or or or, or like Kindy getting a, getting a bag of goals you know that these are the firsts every game they play that they've got their firsts that you get players who are having their their PBs you know um, I think the Suns did did quite well in the ruck for you know obviously not the first time but but you know it's it's little things like that when you're, you're winning things even if you're losing the game where the lessons are there. Um, Fremantle are brilliant, and uh, you have to really feel for them that they, in, in the in the, you know, in the future they'll look back at this year and it'll be the asterisk with with no winner. Yeah. Um, all right. And the other thing to mention or give congrats to for our women's side is the team of the year is up now on the AFLW website. We have Jade Progelli lining up in the back line. Mm. We also have, just going through this team live, so this is all unprepared stuff. We've got Kalinda Howard, <laughs> uh, Kalinda Howarth on the goal co- uh, for the Gold Coast in the forwards as well. And I mean, she's she's got to be. That's it. Be so unfortunately, Lauren Bella didn't make it as the in the ruck for the team of the year. No. Is is this? Is, are they? Are they? Hang on a second. Have they already said? Yeah, no. This is it. This is there's no voting. There's voting for the the best and fairest. And it's not really voting. It's 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 a poll to see who you think. But they're they're going to decide it their way. So this is this is Jade Progelli and Glenda Howarth named in the best team of the year, all Australian team. Yep. Isn't that amazing? That's pretty good for the first season of the franchise for the Suns. Um... I don't know enough about these two girls, Kalinda Howarth and Jade Progelli. I know Kalinda was on the Lions side last year, I think it was, or the year before, and she hadn't played. No, no. Uh, I mean, look, you know, know she'd be the first to say... Sorry. She'd be the first to say that she's had a a rough time of things individually and it affected her footy. So for her to get her life together... And to, to she's had a mental health plan that she's had to, to follow through to get on the footy field, basically, and uh, and to get her life in order. And she's done that. And she's kicking goals. You see her on, on, on the videos, and she seems like a very self-assured and confident young woman. But she's she's had a battle to, to get here. So I think footy's probably played a, a pretty pretty major part in that. And as far as Jade Pagelli's gone, you know, she went off and joined the army and gave up footy because back in you know only seven or eight years ago there was not, not really a pathway and she wanted to have a career and now she's a qualified teacher and has a pretty good position in, in the army and uh and and to come back from that to play professional women's football is amazing but not only that but she's made the australian team in her first season back as a 27 year old so the, the two of them are probably the best two stories if i if i'm if i'm honest yeah, so good stuff from the Suns girls. Good to see them get out there and really make an impact. I think they surprised a few this season. All right, well, let's move on to the men's game. 
uh, and it wasn't much better. Uh, Port Adelaide defeated the Suns 10 goals, 16 76, to 4 goals, 5 29, uh, 40, a 47-point flogging. Mm. Now, it seemed we were all hoping we were going to get the Suns from the Marsh game that was fast, full of pressure, uh, intensity, and great ball movement. We didn't see any of that whatsoever. I think we saw a glimpse maybe in the first couple of minutes. But from that point on, my opinion is Port Adelaide were just too strong, too fast, and too intense. And it completely put the Suns off their game. And Mm. I think that then made the Suns go back into their shell a bit and play more on instinct the way they've been playing the last few years because that's what we saw on Saturday night. We saw the same Suns side uh, that was playing in round 23 last year that was getting flogged and wasn't really doing anything. So it Mm. it was a huge disappointment for Suns fans. Look, the first... First half of the first quarter, it was a game. And then we, we hit the front. Um, and then it didn't take very long for them to come come right back at us and, and, and get four goals straight. But it was still, it was at quarter time, it was still looking like it was going to be a game. And then, of course, they kicked the first couple of goals of the second quarter. And you're thinking, okay, this this is not on. It, it's it's not been our game style in the preseason. Something's wrong. And then, bang, Suns are back in it with a couple of goals to Lemons, which admittedly was a 50 metre penalty, but you know you you'll take them. And then a brilliant crumbing goal from David Swallow, and it's like, okay, there's two goals in it. We had a we've had, we've had a bad patch, but now we've had a really good patch. Now it's time to really take the game up to them. And and we did, but couldn't really hit the scoreboard. And we're probably lucky that they didn't hit the scoreboard. And then, of course, as is the case usually in, in late in quarters for us, even though these were shorter quarters, they hit the scoreboard again a couple of times. And going into halftime, six goals down, you just thought, this is not going to be a good day for us. And guess what? They only kicked one more goal, but we only kicked one more goal. So... You know what can you really say? It's 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 a it's a shortened game, so it's a different style of game. Maybe they would have put a hundred points on us if it it was a full game. Maybe our fitness was such that if it was a full length game, we would have come back at them at the end. I, I just don't know, Shane. It's so many so many things that I was expecting to see, and I didn't see any of them. Well, 20, was... 26 scoring shots to nine suggests Port Adelaide should have absolutely flogged the Suns. So the Suns yeah. were let off lucky with that score. But yeah. it still gives them a terrible percentage. I think it's 38.4 or 38.3 uh, going into this hiatus. And it's going to have to... I, I hope it burns the Suns players. I hope they are looking at this for the next two months that we've that they're not playing and letting it burn and sit in their stomachs because that was disgraceful performance. Mm. Every Suns fan starts off the season with hope. This is the time of the year where Suns fans are supposed to really enjoy their footy. And yeah. all I can say is by the end of that game, I was just hoping the season was called off. Because I I couldn't handle any more. 
I can I cannot handle another season of football like that from our team. Let, let me give you a question without notice. If you had to name a, a round two team to play this 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 weekend, and not asking you to name the twenty two, but how many omissions would would you have? Would it be five plus or less than five? It'd be less than five. I'd be five plus. Okay. The, the just just thing... because I, I think our list isn't that bad. Isn't that bad as that performance. I, I think there are guys who have got, you know, 50 or 100 games sort of sitting, sit, you know, sitting in the grandstands watching that thing, just going, bloody let me out there. Yeah, you know? I, I may be the optimist in this, but I feel like this was a complete anomaly from what we... What, from what our team is capable of, especially yeah. this early in the season. Yeah. Uh, regardless of the injuries and the players that weren't available, the side that was put out should have been a lot more competitive than what we mm. got. Mm. Um, and it wasn't the debutants. It wasn't Raul Anderson Butterick that was... It wasn't their responsibility. Stuffing, ...stuffing up. And it wasn't the new players we'd brought into the side. It was the players aged between... Uh, 21 and 28 that weren't standing up and delivering for the side. Not all of them. There were some players that were good. I thought Fiorini did a great job considering he was being played out of position. Yeah. I thought Bose I mean, they, did a great they, they, they've job. Gone, they've, they've gone with the, let's pick the best 22 and then figure out where they play. So he's a victim of that in, in a way because you'd expect him to normally get 30 touches, right? So no, he's still done very well, Fiorini, for, for where he was playing. And you mentioned Butterick. Yeah, yeah, I thought Butterick was great. He only had, I think, eight disposals for the entire game. But I think our highest disposal getter for the Suns was Brandon Ellis with 21. So that's not too bad in perspective. And I thought he was real class, Butterick, using the ball really well. And um, he he was playing a, mainly a defensive role in mm. so, in the back 50. But he was... Shutting down on uh, players like Robbie Gray and let's be honest, I don't know any well, other Port players. Ebert, Ebert, and, uh, and 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 Robbie Gray were uh, doing a lot of damage, but they they were the second half. They were they were tightly held. So, but you, you know, you had um, Bose and Butterick. Were- if you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. We're kind of both playing off grey. Uh, Ebert actually got out of quite a few, quite a bit, but you know, we, without we, we we don't we're not here to really uh, go through the port performance, other than to say they were obviously there and they executed the, the game one. The only thing I'll say about Port's performance was they're a lot better than I took them for. And mm. I believe that they beat the Suns, not that the Suns were beaten, if you know what I'm yeah. saying. I, I feel like yeah, Port I'm Adelaide's sure. pressure and intensity right from the start really just threw the game out and they Port were able to play their, their way for the yeah. entire game because of that. And they didn't relent. They kept up the pressure on the Suns. And, you know, looking at the team stats here, Gold Coast... Uh, sorry, let's do it this way. Port had 61 more disposals than the Suns. 
31 yeah, more which, inside which was, 50s. Which was, if you break it, if, if you break that down, their uh, it's their it's their kicks and their uncontested disposals that that gives them the the advantage, isn't it? Yeah, it is. They had 31 more inside 50s. They had nine yeah. more clearances, 31 more marks, 19 more tackles, and mm. the Suns only had two tackles inside 50. Yeah, and that's supposed to be our game plan. The whole everything centered around that forward pressure, and we couldn't really say that. You know, Alex Sexton doesn't doesn't execute the forward pressure. Um, I I wasn't going to do this, but um, Jared Witts did not have a very good game. He his spirit was in it. He was certainly he he was certainly his effort was was a great effort, but he's he was underdone. And he didn't have a very good combination, and uh, it didn't get much done. And Darcy McPherson, uh, I don't because I wasn't there, and because the commentators didn't really commentate very well, you, I couldn't say whether he was whether he was tagged or not. But I wouldn't be surprised because that would be the only explanation as to why Darcy's performance was so much different to the last couple of games where he's just been like probably you could say he's been. Our player of the preseason has been Darcy McPherson, right? Yeah, it's very uncharacteristic. Even when Darcy's locking himself down in that forward line, playing the small forward pressure role, he still gets up the up and down the field, and he's mm. still he's still laying tackles. He's still getting the ball. So for him to have hardly an impact in this game, mm. uh, he was either heavily getting tagged or he was carrying an injury. It, it seems uncharacteristic yeah. for it to be anything else. Yeah. There's one, one other theory. I mean, I haven't seen a Suns performance as bad as this in round one since, remember when Pierce Hanley had his first game and he broke the news to the team just before the game that his brother had just passed away and the Suns came out and just got demolished. And in the second half, they, they came good, but they still couldn't win the game against the Lions. Do you think maybe I'm not saying anything bad like that happened, but do you think maybe as a club, everyone in the during the day the preparation was different to normal, and they watched the women's game, and that they were just deflated by watching us get get spanked? Do you think? Yeah, you know, I think is I there think that's to a it? strong possibility. They would have been keeping an eye on that women's game, surely, whether they watched it or not, mm. but. It was certainly long enough. The time frame between their game and the women's game was certainly of a, a good chunk of time where they would have been able to watch that game. Um, mm. And also, it was a really strange lead-up to round one with mm. the, the, the is the season on, is it off sort of debate going on for not just yeah. a week, but probably two weeks before that game. So yeah. really unusual lead up to it and that could have really hampered their preparation but which would affect the younger players more wouldn't it it would older players would be able to shut things out and you know they've done it a hundred times or more before but it was the older players that didn't stand up and Stuart Jew went as far as to yeah. say that as well in his press conference he wasn't happy um he's quite measured in his press conference but I could just tell there was he was seething underneath, having to to deal with that sort of a response. So it, he's probably going to really make these the players pay. Well, he would have now, I think, with the delay and the players not being at the club for a couple of months. 
I think he's going to have time to sit on that, think about it, and just really assess how best to to approach it. So, yeah, I just, I just it's funny though. The players are going was... to have to take it on themselves to to amend that. I don't think it's going to be coaches that's going to drive that home. Yeah, no, actually, yeah, you're right. I will say though, our oldest player was 28, and the youngest players were 18. So. The average age was was uh, about twenty two, right. so well, very young team. On paper, I said it was the best team we've ever had, but experience wise, it's still a very inexperienced team. They've they've all gone home, Shane. They've they've all you know the, the Raul and Anderson bloody media train has gone back to Melbourne. It's it, it's going to take a lot to get this group back together and and really you know get them back on board, but maybe a holiday, you know, sitting at home with their folks and, and, and thinking about what's most important to them in their lives or have them coming back ready to play footy, I don't know. All right, well, what were your thoughts on the the duo, the dynamic duo, Raul and Anderson? Um, yeah. I, I thought Raul was a bit slow to get going, but yes. he, he still had his impact. He still got up, to, I think it was 18 disposals. No, uh, 19 19 disposals and, and you know, very, quite effective. So, Raul was quite consistent, I thought, over the night. He slowly got better and it evened out throughout the game. Uh, Anderson started like a house on fire. He was yeah. all over the place. He was using the ball really well and doing things that some of the blokes that's been at the club for five years have, haven't done. And that was really pleasing to see. But he did seem to tire. And he did. I've I've heard reports that he was just out of breath in that second half, and yeah. that's probably a bit of a concern considering he's supposed to be one of our our better runners as far as stamina goes. So maybe he... I think he I think he outdid things early, and and he's... then was catching up to that. Yeah, so he's, I mean? he spent some of the candy, and uh, he just didn't have enough to to get home. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll take him quite a while to, to get there. It's a little surprising that they didn't just bench him because mm. Port had like three players on the bench for the whole final quarter. But um, yeah, he I think I think Anderson had something like nine touches in the first quarter and then one each quarter after that. It was interesting because so, in the Marsh game, they only really played 50% of the game time. That's right. So he, right. he probably wouldn't have been used to playing that much, even though the quarters were shortened by about twenty minutes for the entire game. Um, That's exactly right. I, I think I think um, one one of the things that the the Marsh series does is it allows you to play way more players for way less time than necessary, and because we just we we, we just dominated those games putting players on the bench who could have otherwise played at a full game seemed like a good idea at the time, but, you know, get a full game into the kid and give him two weeks to recover and, and see what he can do. But uh, you have to trust them. You have to trust them. Um, getting, uh, I think you're absolutely right. Anderson, good early. Raul really got better and better as the game went on. My, 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 each game now, the player that I've been focusing on has been Jack Bowes because he's playing way out of position. He had 18 disposals. And, you know, that to do that off, off the half-back line in a shortened game, that's like having 24 disposals. 
And if you can get to, get the ball into Jack Bose's hands 25 times a game, good things will happen. So I like I'm liking that more and more. All right, so let's close up this uh, chat with the AFL men's. But before we do, uh, I'd never spoke to you about this before. But are you prepared to do a three-two-one? Which is what? Oh, uh, the votes. Our votes oh, yeah, that we normally yeah, do. Yeah, yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so we, we should. I, I'm going to give my one vote to Brandon Ellis. I thought the 21 disposals, he's come in. This is his, his debut game as a son yeah, for premiership points. And he really stood up. He was a leader for the club. Struggled a little bit with some of his disposal. But I thought it was great that he was out there leading the way he was. I've given two votes to another new son, Hugh Greenwood. Just yep. his, his class and work rate through that midfield. He was easily one of our best midfielders. And uh, just doing what he had to do. And that goal he kicked was pretty damn good. Um, and number three, three votes for Collins. The, uh, mm. the extension uh, recruit that we got. And um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but... Collins, he was just great, sweeping up down back. Um, that doesn't look like he's missed any footy. Um, he he was just really strong, and he's probably the main reason that the score line was kept to a minimum. Mm. Okay, so you you have put me on the spot here, but I I, I did have a fair idea of of where I was going to go with this, and I'll and I'll pick up where I just left off. Um, you know, Jack Bowes was really impressive. Um, in that in that defensive capacity, he uh, he, I mean, he only took three marks in the end, but he did spoil a great deal. Um, he he really he kept the, the the port forward line under pressure, and and uh, I felt that he kept the the Suns back line, which is very inexperienced Suns back line, and he was pretty much their leader. Um, and for the two votes, Collins, because he was getting in amongst it with spoils and, and marks and intercepts and and uh, and really the, the two of them did a really good job to sort of keep the other guys, um, you know, at least cohesive enough to keep the scoreline down um, because, you know, they, they kicked one goal 10 after their sort of flurry in the second quarter. Um, and the best player on the ground, in my, in my view, was Tuke Miller. Um, he had the most possessions. Um, he, he was he was right in there. He um, he started off on the ball and and, and getting in there and um, with Weller, and that's a new combination to, to to look out for because the two of them have got a bit of pace to burn and, and be able to get that ball out there. Um, yeah, just I really liked a lot of aspects of his game, um, and and just yeah, just feel like. Um, the future of our midfield includes him, although on paper you could probably make an argument to say that it shouldn't, and we've been sort of saying maybe he should go to the back line, but they've tried a few other guys out down there. So, um, yeah, I, I, look, I look forward to, to seeing Took with this you know, improved disposal efficiency and uh, continued ability to find the ball and, and be, a, be our leader out there in the midfield. Um, and someone who's unlucky to, to, to not get a vote is David Swallow, who has unfortunately got a suspension. So uh, I don't know. Do we do we include suspensions in our in end of year best and fairest? Do we do we disqualify them? 
And what did you think of the suspension, by the way? I don't think we've brought suspension into the equation in the last couple <laughs> of years we've been doing it, so I don't see any point to start now. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he did a dumb thing. I think what pushed it over was the, the jump. You know, there was no need to jump into the other player. Um, if he hadn't done that, it would have been all fair play. But yeah. I think it was a blind to... turn, though, wasn't it? Like, he, he just sort of went, all put up the arm, and yeah. I don't think there was anything malicious in it. Nothing malicious. One week is probably about right. He He's lucky um, Lucky Westhoff got up and ca- carried on. I've never seen Westhoff stay down, so that, that was never going to happen. But, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't... I thought of fine, but, you know... And then I thought the club could, you know defend it but I, I guess it just looks so bad doesn't it it's not a great and look for the game it happens with this it's usually the other way around isn't it? it's usually the tall bloke who, who who doesn't quite judge it right but i think in this case you've, you've got bloody westhoff kind of crouching down going down into the contact because he doesn't want to get swallow high and as a result swallows overcompensated for how, how high he's got to hit this guy. And the two just didn't connect in, in, at all in a, in, a, in a good way. Anyway, if it, was, if it was their player elbowing our player in the head, I would have said, give him six weeks. So maybe, maybe a week's, week's, week's about right. All right. Well, with that done, we've got a few minutes left. So let's discuss the closure of the AFL. The AFL has suspended all operations until the 31st of May. And they've also cancelled the AFLW season as it was. So at least the Suns women's side were able to play into the last week of football. Mm. But it looks like all the players have been uh, sent home. As you suggested earlier, Raul and Anderson have gone home to their families. I've seen that um, Sharp has gone back to WA. Um, Pierce Handley has decided to stay in Australia so he'll be around and there were unusual scenes sorry about that there were some unusual scenes yesterday of um, players taking gym equipment home so really <laughs> what what's going on here is with the club shutting down the gym's not going to be able to be used due to the yeah. current um crisis the country is facing with all gyms around the country shutting down uh players are taking what gym equipment they can home to their homes uh so they can continue to work out and exercise they are they are allowed to train in in small groups yes they are they don't have to do it all on their own they're not allowed to do it at the club and they're not allowed to do it at the gym if peter wright's got got you know a big big piece of gym equipment in his garage because he's got a big enough garage to fit it and he's not sticking a car in there, then, you know, half a dozen other blokes can go around and, and do, a, do a, a weight session with him. But I imagine that there'll be some extra by the, conditions. By the end of the week, Tom, they won't be able to. I guarantee that. Um, yeah, okay. So... I've, I've followed a few other sports and they, they do talk about training in small groups together. But um, I'm talking you know... more about a, a, a national scale. Um, people oh, like a lockdown. full lockdown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what's happened with that? We I know that some of the players that have had, let's say, issues with their their carbs, 
are taking certain exercise equipment home that will allow them to uh, exercise and work out those sections. And so the the um, high performance team has basically handpicked uh, gym equipment to hand as particular players that they feel right. will help them with their rehabilitation or keeping fit during the season. Um, Far out. What what scenes? I, I haven't seen those pictures, but that's, they, they that's are just... floating around online. Um, yeah. And I, I know a few of the players live together, so mm. those players have also been sort of considered. Whether they're saying, "All right, those players can use that equipment," so that the club's looking at it from a a good point of view of trying to get the equipment to be used. Mm. Um, do, we, do we know if any players live in New South Wales? I know Andrew Swallow does. Oh, yeah, he lives down in Byron. I'm not yeah. aware of any. I can imagine it would be too much to, to drive. You're not allowed to from tomorrow unless you've got essential business and the club's been shut down. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just an extraordinary thing. And I, I've, got to, you know, I've been in denial about it for a, 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 a few weeks because I didn't want to have to think about what would happen if, if, if my school shut down, my, my work dry it up but um the reality of the situation is everyone just has to just lock themselves in and if if you've got to go out for essential things well then the, the fewer people who are out and about then the, the less chance that the essential services people will will get it and footy is not essential no so but uh, supermarkets and pharmacies they're all essential servos so you'll still be able to even if we are in lockdown We'll still yeah. be able to go out and go to get essential groceries and stuff. I will imagine Woolworths and Coles will probably still have those restrictions they've currently got in place so that people don't <laughs> go and buy all the milk or all the bread or all the toilet paper. Um, you know, I went to the shops today. I couldn't find any bloody cleaning equipment. Everything was no, out. That's gone. Not even that's the vinegar. Gone. I couldn't do the old style bicarbon vinegar. Yeah, my, my neighbours have, have stockpiled on everything. They got full on boxes full of everything in their garage. But my my uh, garage remote opens their garage door, so <laughs> might go shopping in the next door neighbour's garage if things get desperate. <laughs> I don't think they're even going to be there. They're, they're uh, fly in, fly out people. But anyway, uh, only joking. I would never do that. Um, look, the people need to help each other, and if you if if you if you run out of something, there's bound to be someone who can help you out. And uh, there are also some old-fashioned methods. And as long as we've got the internet, um, I think a good bottle of vinegar would be the basis of of a lot of old-fashioned cleaning methods. So. You know, we're not gonna. We, we, we're not all gonna be living in stinking hovels just because the the uh, the cleaning aisle is, has got nothing in it. And then, if you go early in the morning, if, provided the pensioners haven't pinched everything already, then uh, there's uh, usually some things to get. Also, a bit, a bit of a, a, a veteran's tip about Centrelink. If anyone has to get get you know get in touch with Centrelink, don't go there. You know, I've been a single parent. I've had to be involved with Centrelink for quite a long time even though I work but um, no the best thing is the computer and at the moment the the internet they're, they're, they're uh, the, doing it via the internet on their website is a bit futile but it's the best way it's safest way to do it and everyone's going to get looked after eventually so um, if you're desperate don't go down to the local Centrelink it's just it's just not healthy to be in such big groups 
All right, well, thanks for those tips, Tom. We are almost out of time, so I'd like to thank all of our supporters, everyone that listens to the show, for tuning in. Honestly, we don't know when we're going to be back. Uh, It probably depends heavily on when there's football news to talk about. But if you guys want us to come back more regularly still, say every week or every fortnight, let us know in the chat what you guys want us to talk about because there's not going to be much football to talk about. And uh, we'll see what we can do. As you would have heard a bit from this episode, I know my stuff when it comes to gaming and pop culture and movies. And Tom knows his stuff when it comes to politics and current affairs. So there's and always and, something and to education, go on. Don't forget. And education, don't forget. And education. A lot of parents who will be worried about uh, their kids if they have to stay at home for a long time. Um so yeah, send send me a, a DM on on uh, on Facebook and or, or Twitter, and happy to answer any questions and give some recommendations about about that kind of thing. Uh, you might even have teenagers doing their doing their year twelve or whatever. Um, so certainly give some advice on that kind of stuff on 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 what uh, what you can do as a parent to help your kids. All right. Well, until next time, Suns fans. Thanks again for listening, and go Suns. Go Suns! If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores.